In this episode of The Interface, I speak with Bill Gray, AICC Global Business Development Director for the Industrial Markets. Bill has been with the company since 2005 after being a longtime customer and fan of Ampinol at his previous company. We talk about the various roles he's held, including starting up a new sales team for Amphenol commercial products, and the challenge of being a general manager of Amphenol Canada's data telecom business while working remotely. We also talk about using the where we focus, we win philosophy with his new role in bringing AICC's products and technologies to the industrial markets. This is The Interface. Bill, thank you for taking the time to to talk to me today and, and to the to the rest of the people that are listening as well. Um, obviously, a, an interesting time in our world right now. We're uh, just about mid June, uh, roughly three months or so into this COVID nineteen uh, epidemic, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But just you know, wanted to talk to you a little bit about just your upbringing in this industry and how you got involved. I think you were like an engineering major, I believe, in college, and just how you got into the industry. Yeah, I actually started out um, as an electrical engineering major at West Virginia University, and my first job right out of school was with Amp Incorporated in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. At the time, they were the the monster in the industry, and uh, they brought me into the design engineering rotation program. And uh, I spent the, the first five to seven years of my career designing product. And um, that's what moved me out to Colorado and uh, got me involved with customers and got me addicted to the, the customer end of the business. What was it about that that got you uh, excited about working with customers? What was that portion of it? Well, I guess I'm one of those engineers that's uh, extroverted. And okay. uh, so I think it's, it's just that interaction with people, uh, helping them solve problems. So you're still in engineering, you're still designing, you're still technical, uh, but you're also working with customers to solve those problems face to face. And, and that's the exciting part about it. How much do you still get to, to work your design engineering muscles, you know, from like, uh, you know, drawing perspective or a pro E or, or that type of thing, or sitting down and, and hashing out how we design a new part or modify an existing part. How much do you still get to do that? And does it satisfy you enough? Well, I, I couldn't run pro E or do an ANSYS analysis if my life depended on it right now, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it just, it helps to have that technical background when you're sitting with a customer talking about their application, or you're sitting with our own engineering teams talking about a new product, uh, just helps to have that technical background, it gives you some credibility with the customer, uh, but it also allows you to, to understand and, and maybe even give some input. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but in general, I, I'm relying on our strong engineering teams in Ampinol to do the engineering work, and uh, my job is really just to try and drive the opportunity and work with the sales teams and the business units to make it happen. When did you first start with Amphenol? I started with Amphenol in uh, 2005. Okay. And um, came over from Maxwell Corporation where I was actually an Amphenol customer. Oh, okay. And uh, had the opportunity to, to meet uh, a general manager at the time named Adam Norwit. <clears throat> Excuse me, Adam Norwit. I think I've heard of him. And Yeah, I think we've all heard of that guy. <laughs> and... Um, Really got to learn a lot about Amphenol and the culture and, uh, and got to know the people. And uh, when the opportunity came to, to join Amphenol, I, I jumped at that. 
So what was your first job working for Amphenol? First job was actually to, to build a new team uh, called Amphenol Commercial Products, which has evolved a lot since then. Mm-hmm. But um, commercial products was basically pulling together a variety of different uh, business units. And, and my role was to build the North American sales team for that unit. Um, I see. Each, each of these business units was selling individually before, and we didn't really have a, a, a structure. And uh, so I built a North American team to go out and grow that business uh, for the company. And what was that like? Like how, how big of a challenge was that for you when you first started doing that? Had you had any experience building a team like that from scratch? Not, uh, not really. This was kind of my first sales team role. Now I had had leadership roles in, in engineering. I was mm-hmm. a product engineering supervisor and, and done things like that, but I had not really built a sales team. Um, and so, so that was new to me. Uh, so I really appreciated that opportunity. Uh, and probably, you know, one of the bigger challenges was, was, you know, I was working with three or four different business units within Amphenol, mm-hmm. um, that were in three or four different continents yeah. and, uh, trying to pull that all together and make that work. And, um, you know, that was, that was a challenge initially, but really it became something that was uh, quite fun to work on. And, and I learned a lot during the process. When was it where you realized wow, I think this is actually working because we're seeing the consolidation of these efforts start to really bear fruit. Yeah, you know, it, it, it did not take long to see uh, see some progress. And, and really, it was because we, we were able to bring kind of the power of Amphenol as a whole and, and in this group, when you, when you take three or four different units, put them together, and you bring a bigger portfolio to the customer, you're just adding more value. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also, uh, we also put some strategic focus on some specific customers and markets. And when you do that, uh, you're successful. Uh, my friend, Rich Ristatelli has a great saying that you, where we focus, we win. And that's absolutely true. And, uh, it did not take us long within really the first year to start seeing some momentum. And, and after three or four years, we were really rolling. You then moved into other roles at Amphenol. Can you just briefly talk about a couple of those and other areas that you worked? Sure. Um, you know, while I was while I was doing the the role of uh, running that commercial product sales team, uh, the opportunity came up to uh, take a general management role with the the Amphenol Canada mm-hmm. Data Telecom Group. So Amphenol, Amphenol Canada has a a Miliero Group from Andy yep. Toffelmeyer, and then know it well. The telecom group as well. Um, they, in Amphenol fashion, they they give you opportunities when you've uh, when, when you've earned them. And uh, they asked me, hey, would you would you like to run this as well and continue to run your North American sales group? So I took that opportunity to uh, take my first general management role within Amphenol and uh, ran the group in Toronto remotely mm-hmm. uh, for I believe it was about seven years. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, we did a, we did a lot of fun and and good things up there and turned that business around and made it very profitable. And for me, it was just a tremendous learning experience. Uh, you know, taking a general management role, you go from being just focused from a sales perspective on orders and revenue to Mm -hmm. understanding the the P and L and really diving into it and running a factory and, uh, you know, I, I, I was lucky enough to have some great people, 
uh, working for me and with me and certainly some great leadership that I worked for that gave me a lot of guidance. So I'm super appreciative of that opportunity. And it really kind of took me to the, the next level of a, you know, a senior management position. But that's an interesting point that you, you just made was you got the opportunity to be a general manager, um, which just that in and of itself uh, you know, knowing a lot of general managers myself and being friendly with them and having multiple conversations, nothing really prepares you to be that uh, other than just beginning. You just jump in with both feet and you try to keep your head above <laughs> water um, because, you know, you can it's it's kind of like going to boot camp in the military. People could tell you about it all they want and you think you're prepared, but you have no idea until the moment you walk through those doors and you go, oh, my goodness, this is this is way more than I thought it would be. I'm sure you had that feeling as well, but how did it make it more difficult or less difficult being remote as a GM? Uh, you know, I, I think that it brought some challenges uh, without a doubt, but what I tried to do is just spend as much time as I could uh, with, with the team in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So I was there on a, on a pretty regular basis every month, um, you know, not just learning the role, but building the relationships and um you know great great group of folks up there and and they just needed to know who i was and that i was committed to doing the job mm-hmm. and so you know i think with with, with Amphenol today being such a global company with so many locations you know even if you're you're running a, a business unit uh, you may have your business unit locally but you may have two factories somewhere else that, that you're running remotely. That's and true. Yeah. So it presents those same challenges. And certainly today with everything going on, we're, we're all becoming experts at running remotely. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely true. When you became GM though, and as you started to get into the role, what was it that surprised you the most, or maybe you were the most unprepared for at the time that you did not expect? Well, I, I think, you know, my background was in engineering, uh, so from a product and an engineering standpoint, I was very well prepared, you know, a good background in quality. So I was prepared there. Um, and you know, I had spent some time running a sales team. So I, you know, the, the, the marketing and the, the business side of it, I, I felt we were prepared for, but when you jump, in, jump into that GM role, you know, you are the, the head chef and chief dishwasher, right? You mm-hmm. own the entire P and L. So, you know, regardless of the fact that I did have a master's degree, a technical MBA, when you start diving into the nuts and bolts of uh, an operation and the P&L, there's just so much to learn. Mm-hmm. Which buttons which buttons to push, which buttons not to push. And Amphenol is just uh, loaded with expertise in that area. True. And Amphenol is is so uh, so focused on understanding the P&L and, and the details. Uh, that was the, the part that just kind of made me step back. Luckily, I had uh, a really good controller and Tony Davidson, who'd been around for a long time, uh, that could help me learn that. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, you know, my managers at the time, uh, Rick Snyder and then Ursula Nato, uh, and then all the way up to, you know, sitting in meetings with Diana Reardon and, and Adam Norwitz. Mm-hmm. You just learned so much so quickly. Yeah. And it was it was a bit overwhelming at the beginning. Oh, I'm sure. Because, yeah. because I certainly didn't understand those things to the level that Amphenol understand those things. But 
no better people around you to learn from than the, the folks that have been doing it for some time. So we'll jump ahead to current day then. And now you're part of the AICC group and you're the global business development director or the industrial markets. So I'll give you a little chance. Tell me about that role and what your your focus is as far as developing business for the industrial side of the industry, I guess. Yeah, I came back uh, into this role back in September, October last year, uh, working for Bill Doherty. Uh, and the AICC group traditionally, you know, it's built on businesses that were focused on the server storage networking group. That right. was a mass, massive part of the business. And, you know, during that time also brought in the FCI acquisition and a, and a big chunk of that brought even more product to the table. And so it's a very, very broad portfolio. But from a market standpoint, you know, uh, the AICC had always been focused focused on those main areas. And um, Bill created this position for me to uh, try to expand our focus. You know, Amphenol has balance, and, and that's what makes us strong through all, all, all different uh, conditions. You know, if one industry is down, another one's up, mm-hmm. it balances out and, and we're good. And, and we needed some more of that balance in AICC. So, you know, my role here is to grow the industrial market, which is one where we have plenty of products and plenty of technology to offer, but we've really not been focused on that market in the past. Mm-hmm. And so we want to bring some of those same capabilities and technologies that we've brought to the other markets bef- uh, in the past to this industrial market. So uh, it's really kind of new ground for us. We, we, we've, got a, we've got a base, but it's a very small base and we're trying to, to really make that significant and put a focus on that throughout the group uh, so that we can continue to grow. If uh, a server storage market is down or another market that's a core market for us is down, we need that balance and, and, and that's where industrial is coming in. So you talked about that base of, of products, technologies, capabilities. So specific to AICC and then getting into the industrial market, what do you think that the AICC group has for that base that would be attractive to the industrial market as you've started to work it here over the past you know six, eight months? Well, one of the key things with the industrial market is it, it has evolved tremendously and continues to evolve very quickly. Uh, what used to be lower technology uh, in the industrial market from a communication standpoint, from a speed standpoint, et cetera, those things are all coming up with the industrial internet of things. Everything is connected. Right. And, and you think about there's more and more automation. There's more and more robotics. Uh, there's more and more sensors, uh, things that are capturing, you know, whether it's just vision or, or, monitoring motion, et cetera, taking measurements on the line, you name it. Everything is connected in the industrial space. And you think about it across, you know, in your home, everything's connected everywhere. Mm -hmm. So um, those are all things that we've been doing for years in AICC, uh, whether it's the the latest and greatest IO connector Mm -hmm. or backplane connector, board level, board to board, you name it, we've been taking those products to the next level for many, many years. You know, we're, we're industry leaders in a lot of these different spaces. And now those products 
translate very well into the industrial market. So we're, we're able to be at the front end of technology in the industrial space in this connected uh, industrial internet of things. How much do you then tap into, I'm sure, the massive expertise of the industrial products group, AIPG, and having them assist you in, in collaborating and, and partnering with what they're doing so you can also you know, bring an even broader total Amphenol solution to this market? You know, that's, that, that's something that I've, uh, I've done since the beginning of this yeah. role is, is try to communicate as much as I can uh, with that group. I, I've, I've been around Amphenol for, for, for many, many years, more than 15 years. And so I, I've gotten to know a lot of the folks in the investor group and, and Martin Booker and, and, mm-hmm. and many, several of the folks that work for him and, and below. So I've had a lot of interaction uh, with, with a variety of folks within the industrial group talking about specific markets and submarkets, uh, sharing information about customers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been really beneficial. And it's something that, you know, we're continuing to evolve and develop that relationship and uh, doing more and more things together at customers because we offer so much together uh, between us bringing this kind of high speed and communications expertise uh, to their harsh environment and ruggedized expertise, and you can, you blend those two together, uh, and it really brings a powerful offering to the customer. As you said a little bit earlier, you just started in this role in the fall, September, October, and so you're really just kind of getting started and getting comfortable with what you're doing and coming up with some sort of a routine, and then all this happens, uh, coronavirus over the you know in March. So how have you? done your job, just simply put, uh, over the last three months as you're trying to obviously radically increase and develop your role and AICC's footprint into the industrial markets? Well, timing is everything, right? So (laughs) perfect perfect timing to be be doing this. But, you know, the good news is, is, you know, spent the first part of that time kind of doing the research and outlining our strategy. And we, and we got started on this in the beginning of the year and really started started the ball rolling. But really, that's when the brakes get hit. And, um, you know, Amphenol has done a tremendous job of just staying connected to the customers and supporting the customer through this whole thing. Uh, just really impressed by just the overall performance of the company there and, and have heard the feedback from the customers. And, uh, you know, just because we can't visit the customer, doesn't mean we can't connect with the customer. Mm -hmm. And so that's really been the focus is finding ways with the sales team, with the business units to maintain that contact. So in in some cases with these customers, we know these customers and, you know, we're able to continue communicating with them. And, and there are some actual advantages of this situation. Um, People aren't traveling. Uh, we are not traveling and neither are the customers. So they might be a little more accessible yeah. uh, these days. Um, they're, they're working remotely as well. And, you know, they're still focused. They're not stopped. They're still focused going forward, developing new products, laying out their roadmaps. So it's actually a really good time for us to reach out to them and talk about our new products and focus on new products and how they can fit into their roadmaps. So uh, taking advantage of that time uh, as well has been, you know, has been important and really just 
staying engaged with them. And, you know, there are challenges associated with reaching new customers in a situation like this, because you can't really sit down face to face and it may be hard to find them. But, you know, we're overcoming that by, by again, leveraging our relationships with our sister business units, uh, leveraging relationships through our distributors and others and, and finding ways to, to connect with these customers that we may not have connected with yet. So, uh, we're trying to take advantage of as much as we can of the situation to to reach these customers. So even though this isn't ideal, and I'm sure that you'd like to be more face-to-face with a lot of these customers, and especially when it comes to newer opportunities, um, you still feel like you and your team so far that you've done a pretty good job in spite of all of these obstacles that have been in front of us here for the past few months? Yeah, I really see the momentum, right? Uh, Coming into this role, there was not a lot of focus on this market. Um, You could see it in the revenue. You could see it in the opportunity funnel. Um, And as we look at where we are today, um, you know, we are making progress. And uh, we're, we're building the MBO funnel much at a much higher rate than we were in the past. And we're seeing more uh, more focus on the market across the business unit, across the sales teams, and you know I think a lot of that is just a result of of as I mentioned earlier where we focus we win we have some focus here now, and I think we're also taking advantage of this timing um, to do some things that we 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 may not get to or we may not get to quickly uh, in normal times which is you know, a lot of training uh, of the sales team on these, uh, on these markets. So we're able to get information to the sales team. We're working on things like uh, materials, landing pages on the website, you name it, tools for the sales team to take out there and, and attract attention from the customers. I mentioned, you know, the focus on MPI, bringing new products out to the customers. Hey, you know, let's talk about these new products. So, I think a lot of what we're doing now is benefiting us, but also we're going to come out of this thing stronger for that because we're going to have a lot more tools. We're going to have a lot tighter connection between the business units and the sales teams. Uh, We are spending so much time talking about customers, talking about markets and we're, and we're talking to each other, but also talking to the customers. So the, the BUs and the sales teams are probably, tighter than ever because we're talking a lot more than maybe we would have in the past because we're not on airplanes and, you know, on the road all day. It's amazing how much, and I think many people that I've talked to over the past few months, when you think about how much of your attention is diverted because of travel and everything associated with travel, that everyone to a person seems to say, I, I have so much more time to engage with people engage with customers. I don't have a lot of barriers because now pretty much, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, traveling time and, and, and people not being available. It's pretty, it's much easier now in an odd sort of way. It sounds like you've found that to be the same. Yes, really have. It's, it's, um, it's time that you get back that we all spent, we all spent traveling to the, from the airport and I'm in the air that we were always working on the Wi-Fi, anyways, but it's just, Time that you get back that you can make really good use of and understanding your customer, uh, setting up meetings, talking with 
the business units to make sure you're aligned on priorities and strategies and customers and targets. So we're, we're getting the chance to talk about, you know, customers maybe that we wouldn't have talked about, uh, sub-markets that we may not have talked about, and, and again, putting the focus where, where we think it needs to be. And that's where I think we're making some progress regardless uh, right now because we are seeing that focus develop into opportunities even in a time where we can't even visit the customer. Last question I have for you is obviously because you can't travel, you're at home a lot. So when you're, when you're at home and you're not working, how much have you had to alter your routine there? Have you found ways to keep yourself busy and, and sane and, and not go nuts? Um, have you, how, how has that portion of all of this been for you? You know, it's, uh, we've got staff calls pretty regularly, and we've obviously been talking about all the things going on. And, and, and one of the things that's just been emphasized is, is keeping yourself mentally uh, straight in this whole thing and physically, right? You, mm-hmm. When you're working from home, which I've done for years, it can be real easy to just sit at your desk all day and, and just get locked in and, and, and forget. But for me, um, you know, I've tried to, you know, when I eat lunch, I go sit outside and, and, and get some sunshine and, mm-hmm. and uh, separate a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a bicyclist, so I try to, in the evening, you know, go out for a couple hours and, and, and just clear my mind. And, you know, it's, it's, it's that balance that still has to happen uh, yeah. mentally and physically. I think it's, it's super important because we are so locked to our computers and our screens right now and phone calls and zoom calls and you name it. It's, it's, uh, something you could literally do for 15, 16 hours a day without moving. So I think for, for mental stability and physical stability, you need to get up and you know, clear your mind a little bit, find something, whatever it is, go walk around the neighborhood. Yeah. If you're a golfer, go play nine holes in the evening or do something. I, for me personally, I, I ride my bike and uh, and try to get outside and see some sunshine a, a few times a day. Well, Colorado, not a bad place to ride a bike. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill, listen, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day today to, to again, to talk to me and just kind of go through uh, the story so far. Um, you know, and I know this has been, I'm sure you're probably part of you is itching to get back to normal customer interactions and face-to-face stuff but uh in the meantime you know i wish you and the team the best of luck and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon thank you chris i appreciate the opportunity